Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. KSL News Time 415. The three things you need to know this hour first. Utah has a new plan to combat homelessness, focusing on permanent housing options for people across the whole state. I'm KSL News Radio's Amy Kobe. Second, in Cache County, a former Skyview High School soccer coach was sentenced to prison today, caught sending inappropriate messages to a 13-year-old girl. Third, our biggest traffic trouble spot. Lingering delays northbound I-15. They stretch off and on from the north interchange all the way to Leighton Hills Mall. Legacy is still jammed up. And that goes from North Salt Lake up to Farmington and southbound I-15. Filling in and slowing down Murray and Midvale. Ricky Meese in the KSL Traffic Center. A few clouds today with temperatures in the 50s, but another storm is coming. I'm Kevin Eubank. 54 degrees now. KSL's top national stories. From ABC News, I'm Chuck Severson. Who did what or didn't do what and how this happened? That's what the Federal Reserve aims to find out in the second biggest U.S. bank failure. A review of how Silicon Valley Bank was run and regulated will be conducted, says the Fed. After Treasury and financial officials said that all Silicon Valley and Signature Bank deposits would be protected, at one branch of SVB in Wellesley, Mass., people arrived to make withdrawals. Richard Carver, first in line. You can't be the only one who wants to get their cash out of here. Announcing that Australia will buy up to five U.S.-made nuclear subs in the early 2030s. President Biden meeting leaders of Australia and the U.K. in San Diego. We stand at the inflection point in history where the hard work of enhancing deterrence and promoting stability is going to affect the prospect of peace for decades to come. President Trump's ex-lawyer Michael Cohen testified to a grand jury investigating Mr. Trump's hush money payment to Stormy Daniels. ABC's Aaron Katursky at the Manhattan Courthouse. Trump and the Trump Organization logged the payment as a routine legal expense. But Cohen, who was there, who actually made the $130,000 payment, uh, can actually tell the grand jury why Trump gave the money to Stormy Daniels in the first place. And and that would help frame any possible criminal charges that the former president could face. By being unable to unite, jurors decide the fate of Sepolo Saipa for his conviction in a terrorist attack with a truck that rammed and killed eight people in New York City. ABC's N.J. Burkett at the courthouse. The jury deliberated for about eight hours over the course of a few days, and they sent out a note this afternoon saying they were unable to agree on whether Saipov should receive the death penalty. In that event, the sentence automatically reverts to life in prison without parole. Out of the hospital and headed for inpatient rehab, Senate Republican Leader McConnell after that fall. You're listening to ABC News. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. 
And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time for the KSL In-Depth. The dust has settled on a crazy day for the banking industry. Joining me on uh, is Dominic Chu, CNBC's senior markets correspondent. So, Dominic, it's the end of the day. The dust is settled. Where do we stand? So, where we stand, Jeff, is the <laughs> the wake, if you will, of the second and third biggest bank failures in U.S. history. And, and, and there's a lot of question right now about where we got to this point or how we got to this point and, and, and what exactly happened and what can be done to prevent it in the future. But, but for right now, there's been a, perhaps a crisis of confidence is the best way to describe it. And, and what the government is trying to do at this stage is to make sure that Americans know that their bank deposits are safe no matter which banking institution that they're at. And that's, that's the, 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 the driving force behind what the Fed the central bank, the Fed, the Treasury, and then everybody else did over the course of the last three days, Jeff. Dom, what's a normal person supposed to do? I mean, yesterday, I was Googling all my banks to see what I could find out about their health, and there's nothing online that tells you that sort of stuff? No, and so there's not a lot. I mean, you have to dig pretty hard to kind of find those things, but what it comes down to is there's a reason why there are as many banking rules and regulations as there are in this country, especially for some of the bigger financial institutions. If you look at the way that these banks in, in America operate, they have to abide by a certain set of key rules. For Signature Bank and for Silicon Valley Bank, they were kind of right up against and in within the confines of how they were supposed to be operating from a technical perspective. But when there became a crisis of confidence, people, when they make a run on the bank, when they don't feel that their bank deposits are safe and they decided to take their money out, there's only so much money that a bank has ready to go to give people cash back on any given moment. And when they exhaust that, they have to go and sell other parts of their assets, their portfolio to fund it. And in this case here, both Signature Bank and Silicon Valley Bank had assets that were being sold at losses that couldn't make a lot of the deposits whole, which is why these regulators came to seize these banks to really make sure that there was no further run on these financial institutions. But for an, for an everyday person out there, the banking system is as healthy as it's been in decades at this point here. And that's the, I think that's one of the reasons why the Federal Reserve and the FDIC and the Treasury Department and President Biden came out to do what they did was to try to make sure that people don't feel like the American banking system is not safe. So I want to ask you about one possible ripple effect. Might interest rates be coming down because of this? My interest rates are in fact, Jeff, good, good observation. Interest rates are in fact coming down. Now, the, 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 this is a crazy paradox, right? We are still in the midst of battling some of the worst inflation and price pressures upward in generations here, going all the way back to the 1980s. This is the reason why the Federal Reserve is trying to raise interest rates to cool down the economy and make sure that we don't pay $6 a gallon for gasoline or $10 a dozen for eggs to make sure that things, everyday essentials for Americans can be affordable because inflation hits lower to middle income families way worse than it hits those people in the upper income part of the spectrum. This is all happening while there's a crisis of confidence in the banks. And by the way, Jeff, when, when there is 
a real, real tough situation out there, a lot of investors and traders flock to the safety of U.S. Treasuries. When they do that, they buy up Treasuries, bid up those prices, and force interest rates lower. So the Fed's in a really weird situation where it's trying to raise interest rates to quell inflation and slow the economy down. At the same time, investors are flocking to push rates lower. And there is the really difficult line the Fed has to straddle at this point here. They've got to figure out how to lower inflation. At the same time, inflationary pressures are there because of a banking crisis. But if you're looking to buy a house, hey, it's good news. Joining us live, we appreciate it so much. Dominic Chu, CNBC's Senior Markets Correspondent. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.